follow along either in the Red Bible in front of you or to think about those questions as we hear this story. From Matthew, the fourth chapter. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, again, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, all of these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Brothers and sisters, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Anybody know this guy? Bear Grylls. Remember this guy? He kind of made his mark by being the outdoor survival guy, right? It's like he had this military training background, and then they like take him out into the... Right? And then he's like, well, I'm going to do something crazy out here. And then they filmed it. <laughs> and I must have lost about an hour of my life this past week watching clips of this, right? I mean, what is it about Bear Grylls that is just so interesting, right, about the wilderness? Here he is, it's dangerous and it's exciting and it's scary and it's all of these things all at once, right? I mean, how many of us, if we were to go with Bear Grylls out into the wilderness, would think, this is awesome? How many people would think, no way? <laughs> right? It's never neutral. <laughs> it's never neutral how we feel about wilderness, right? About how we feel about that. And to recognize that even in the wilderness, we have some things for us that we can learn there. Into the wilderness we go on Ash Wednesday, right? Ash Wednesday is this opportunity for us to be so honest about all of who we are, Right? We can be honest before God about our gifts, about our strengths, and also about the things that we would rather not show to people here at church, our angry side, our easily frustrated side, our side that likes to swing the case of beer behind their back when they see their pastor at the grocery store. 
Lord knows that's never happened to me. <laughs> Isn't that funny? It's like we know that not all of who we are, we feel like we can be with one another. And it's as if we know that they're part of the echo of our own heart does not echo the heart of God. It's interesting that this story of Jesus in the wilderness is also an echo. An echo. It's an echo of an older story from the Old Testament where the people of Israel, they're out in the desert and God has made a promise to them. We call that a covenant. That promise is so important because it sounds something like this. I will be your God. You will be my people. I will free you from slavery in Egypt. You just got to trust me. And the people are like, no. <laughs> no, thank you. That's, that's just still too much work. No, thank you. And so often to the wilderness they go for 40 years, a whole generation's worth of time that they're out in the wilderness wandering around and asking this simple question. What does it mean to fully rely on God? What does that look like in our day-to-day lives, like Monday, tomorrow? What does it look like right now? It's a good question and one that people constantly wrestle with. I mean, Lent is only 40 days. Can you imagine 40 years? We got it off easy, right? 40 days. But in that time, we can still ask that question too. What does it mean for us to fully rely on God? If you missed Ash Wednesday here, I wanted you to hear again Pastor Rye's really important invitation. And it's this, to take an inventory during this time of our hearts. To take inventory of our hearts. Do the things that we say and believe about who God is and what God has done for us especially in Jesus, does that actually come into our lives? Does that shape the way that we, who we are as people? And I got to be honest, Pastor Raya, for me today, the answer is no. <laughs> if I'm really honest, it, it really doesn't always. And so she invited us to be very intentional then, to write down a few things that we could pay attention to and, and tend to look at. And then she encouraged us with these words. It's about replacing a bad habit with a Jesus habit. Isn't that good? That's so good. A bad habit with a Jesus habit. And so, what does that actually look like? Like, I want to do that. It sounds good, but how do we actually make that happen? Hopefully, you'll have an idea by the end of our time together today. Here's a picture that's hanging in the Minneapolis Institute of Art. You don't have to be an expert on art to just look at this picture and notice a couple of things. Like, who's in the very center of the picture? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, right? And is, is Jesus looking happy? No. No, he's not. <laughs> what does his face look like? How would you describe it? Tired? Kind of side-eyed? Hmm. Hmm. What is this? Well, look at that cherubic little cherub-looking child there standing in front of Jesus. What does it look like that child is holding in front of Jesus there? 
Can you tell? Take a wild guess. What does it look like? What does it look like? It looks kind of like a bread. Maybe it's just a stone, huh? Maybe it's just a big rock. Now, did we just hear a story about Jesus in the wilderness? And someone is coming up to him and saying, hey, why don't you turn this stone into bread? So who is that cherub-looking child? Who is it? Is it the devil? Oh, wait a minute. Come on. That cute little kid? No. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) Why would I show you this picture? Because every time I see it, it's a great reminder, right? It's a great reminder that it is so hard sometimes to tell about what is good for us and what is bad for us, even when it's right here in front of us. Do you ever get so close to your problems or to your struggles or to whatever's going on in your life and you can't really see your way through it? I can't see what the next step is. I don't know what's good or bad for me. And that's exactly what Lent, what the wilderness offers to us. The opportunity for God to speak into our lives and and sometimes give us a hard word for us to be able to see more about where God is at work in our life. That is why this church is so obsessed with helping us every week make the connection between our baptism and who we are, our identity. Why? Because it's so easy to forget who we are and who we belong to. And it's not so much that baptism is something that has happened to us, whether as a baby or even as an adult, but it's about what God is doing in and through baptism as a reminder that God continues day after day to be faithful, to honor, to uphold, to build up, to forgive, to show up in the lives of those who have shared this once-in-a-lifetime commitment. God shows up in our baptisms to remind us who we are, Because sometimes we get so mixed up in our problems, we can't see if we're being tempted or if we're being challenged or if this is actually a good thing. And it's interesting because Matthew takes it another step further. And I want you to see into the scripture how Matthew puts this together about why this is so important. Yeah, that's a lot of words. But look at the green part right there. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son, right? Speaking about Jesus at his baptism, the beloved with whom I am well pleased. Then look literally right on the next verse. What is it? Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the to be. Matthew is doing this on purpose for us to see how close the connection is uh, between our baptism and how remembering our baptism helps us get through the wilderness, through the temptation, through the struggle of life. That's why it's literally right on top of it to remind us of that so that we wrestle with that question, what does it mean that I was baptized even if I don't remember it or if it was just recently? It means that God is going to be with me in the wilderness. No matter how my life unfolds, 
no matter what goes after this day. That is such good news. Because life is always going to be about wilderness. We're always going to be feeling like we're out there somewhere. Even if we're surrounded by people, even if we're surrounded by the people that we love, we might feel like wilderness. And no wonder many people, even today, they, they, they turn back from following Jesus. My kids are older. I don't need to be here anymore. Or they find some diseased part of the church that makes them sad or upset. I get that. I get that. But I have to tell you that even if I wasn't a Christian, I still would be having experiences of wilderness and suffering and loss. That's universal. But because I trust in the grace of God, and I know that my heart and my head are all over the place, I know for a fact that God loves me enough to send Jesus into the world and into my life to save me. That's good news in the wilderness for you and me. Notice in all three of the temptations that Jesus experienced, right? Each one of them starts with the same phrase. If you are the Son of God, since you are the Son of God, it's like Jesus is wearing a name tag walking around in the wilderness. Everybody knows who he is. Everyone knows who he is. He's wearing it right here. And Jesus invites us to do the same, to bring our name, child of God, with us wherever we go. Why? Because it's a flashlight in the dark. It's food when we're so hungry for touch or for affirmation. And that name can be power when we feel belittled or talked down to at school or work. Here's the truth about this story of Jesus in the wilderness. It's a lifelong temptation to put our trust in anything but God's steady, urgent, intentional, boundary-breaking love. For all have sinned, Romans 3.23 says, and fall short of the glory of God. Sometimes the wilderness is the only place we can hear that even if it's a hard word. But Jesus shows us that when we trust God, we can work through all the wilderness and struggle. So how do we actually do that? Well, this is where our guard Luther comes in. And he says, remember that prayer that you pray often? It's called the Lord's Prayer, right? Lead us not into... You're with me. And Luther says this, Grab hold of that prayer. Hold on to it. And then speak from your heart and say this. Dear God, you have commanded me to pray. Help. Help. And then he says, you will see the struggles go away for a time. That you might find some peace. Luther does not give us some advice that sounds impossible. He just tells us how to get through the wilderness. When you pray, ask from the heart and just pray. That's how we can trust that promise. Pastor Ryan gave us this invitation this past week on Ash Wednesday to say, be intentional about your Lent. I want to remind you today about this, that God is intent on loving you. 
God is intent on searching for you in the wilderness. Whatever it looks like, God is intent on forgiving, setting free, encouraging, and reminding you're not alone. (laughs) You're not alone. And Lent is a time to be able to practice trusting God with all of our heart and offering that simple conversation. You don't need skills like Bear grills to depend on. <laughs> you just simply need to be you. Thanks be to God for that. Let's pray. Gracious God, we pause today, and we just are grateful. We don't have to do anything to earn your love. We just simply receive that. And even in our wilderness moments, Lord, just open our minds to be able to talk to you. And whatever words we have, they don't have to be fancy. Help us trust your promise that there is nothing, not even death, that can separate us from your love. So thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.